And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. SEO. What is that? Search engine optimization? That's what it actually stands for. But what it should stand for is something that puts leads, traffic, revenue, something into your pocket, into your bank account. SEO is great when it turns into something useful. That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode, which is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. With me today, I've got Julian Goldie, and Julian is the CEO and founder of the Goldie Agency. You can go to JulianGoldie.com. Don't worry about trying to spell that. Just scroll on down to the show notes, click that link. You can get some perspective about what he does. You can click the fullscale.io link when you're down there. Now, Julian is actually from Manchester, England, but he's calling from the other side of the planet straight out of Thailand today. Julian, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to this topic. It's a it's interesting, and uh, you know, before we get into into the meat and potatoes here, uh, how about a little bit about your backstory? Sure. Yeah. So, for me, well, you know, I first got into SEO because a few years ago I graduated from uni and I was ready to start climbing the corporate ladder. The only problem was I got fired from my first three jobs. It wasn't a great start. <laughs> So after that, I started looking for opportunities and went out with my best friends to Thailand for the first time ever in my life. I had a great holiday. But when we came back with a combination of the UK food, UK weather, if you know, you know, you know, fish and chips in England, it gets, it gets pretty boring quickly. So after that, we have the holiday blues big time. You might be saying, well, that's a nice story, but what does it have to do with SEO? Well, after that point, we set a pact and we said, right, within one year, we want to be out back in Thailand, running the online business uh, with the freedom to live and work anywhere in the world. And it actually happened. And uh, seven years later, I've got a link building agency with over 50 people, made made over two and a half million dollars with SEO, uh, published a couple of best-selling books, but won't go on about my accomplishments too much. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's important to know what, what, what we're good at and what we're not. You know, SEO has been, uh, is, is always a hot topic. It's changed so much. And, you know, before we hit record, I was telling Julian about a section I wrote in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, about some SEO stuff we did. And this is like 2009, 2010. We made a ton of money doing it. And then we didn't make a ton of money doing it because Google dropped the hammer on us. And what was referred to as the Panda and Penguin updates, 
where we got punished not for one thing, but two, and it just obliterated that website. It was never coming back. So, um, you know, I, I did find that we felt a little better about it because we had made a lot of money, but I'll tell you, once you get something like that going, when they snatch it away from you, it's not a good feeling. So when we talk about SEO, man, there's like so many different things. Like, where do we start? Mm, that's it. I mean, for us, the way that I usually explain it to people, you know, people, especially business owners looking for results, is that there are hundreds of ranking factors with Google, but you have to simplify and sort of look at what gets 80% of the results with 20% of the work. And when I look at it, it's, it always comes down to three things, keywords, content, and backlinks. And I know as entrepreneurs, like we always want to do more to solve a problem. And that means potentially more content, more links, more people, more technical audits, more schema, blah, blah, blah. But actually, the formula is very simple if you stick to the elements that have the biggest impact. Yeah, I agree. I found the same thing. You know, one of the things I noticed is when, and for those, I'm going to take this down to like, like below 101 level. When you build a web page, there's a number of different things that are on the page that you see. And then there's stuff on the page that you don't see. There's just little things encoded that helps a search engine or a crawler, what goes around and finds shit all over the internet. It helps you know what's on the page. So you have like a page title, a page description. There's like a couple key fields. And I find that a lot of people really are just bad at even knowing that. Now, there's a lot of tools and stuff that go in things like WordPress and people are a lot better at it now. But if your page isn't named appropriately, a search engine's going to have a hard time finding it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's the basics, right? Getting the basics right, building your website on good foundations and going from there. And actually, like you say, these days, there's more tools than ever to help you rank. Like, I'm sure most business owners listening to this already know about ChatGPT as an AI tool that was released last month, but with tools like that, you can do amazing things with SEO. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It almost feels like, yeah, you know, going back 10 years ago, back then you had a lot, you saw a lot more penalties. You had like manual action penalties where Google would manually go through your site and review it now and manually. And if you were doing something a bit cheeky or a bit naughty, they'd give you a Google slap. But these days you don't even hear about manual action penalties, you know, for five or 10 years. Um, and then you've got the tools. It's easier than ever to hire people online to do SEO for you. And all the information you need to learn how to rank is out there for free already. You just have to take action on it, right? You've got YouTube, you've got Amazon, you've got everything you need. Yeah. And you talk about the content. I mean, keep in mind that, so I'm not trying to just shill for my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, but I did put a section in there about some of these basic things. And I encourage people to think like a search engine, which is just basic kind of logic, right? And remember, a search engine's job is to put the user out on the best info or experience possible. And that comes down to content. And, you know, when we go back to 2009, like, oh, man, I'll, I'll tell you, I remember building websites for myself and working on them for other people. And I swear, creating the content for the website took longer than building the damn site. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier to do stuff like that. But, um, you know, make your page experience good and and use and make it load fast. And these are basic things like these are this kind of on page optimization that includes things like title tags, the meta description, header tags, and, 
you know, that's just so search engines know what they want. Now, with that, you know, you mentioned your specialty is more along the lines of link building. Yes. Let's, 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 you know, the, the basics of that and, and Google is obviously kind of, the, so the, the founders of Google were research scientists more or less, and they had to determine how does a page, how does a page rank higher than another page? So being research scientists, they see, oh, well, all these articles have all these footnotes and annotations and things, and they must have a lot of street cred because of that. So when the, the way the Google algorithm, algorithm was originally built had a term called page rank, which wasn't the page. It was Larry, Larry or pages. Is that his name? Larry? Larry Page? Yeah, Mr. Larry Page. Page. Yeah. Uh, would rank, <laughs> it had a ranking based on like the authority of the links that were coming in. And some sites were more powerful than others because they had more authority. They were, they had more street cred. So links were the, you know, like the overall driver and a lot of that. And that still seems to be the case. It doesn't seem like any of the things we've mentioned or link or linking has changed at all, although there are different kinds of links and some of them are actually kind of worthless because they have a tag on them called no follow. Yeah, I mean, the way that I see it with link building, to really simplify it, Google's kind of like a voting system. And the more backlinks you get, aka votes, which is just literally the clickable text from one website to another. So when you click a link and it takes you to another page, these are like votes to say that your content is good and the more backlinks you get and the more relevant and authoritative those links are, the higher you're going to rank on Google. So quite often the solution is just to get more backlinks that are higher quality and that will lead to higher rankings. And these days, if you Google anything, you'll see that the top ranking sites usually have the most backlinks. Typically they have the best content as well, but backlinks are a huge influence in it um and i know a couple a few years ago now ahrefs did a ahrefs.com they did a case study of over 1 billion websites and they found that 91 percent of those websites got zero traffic so all that time these sites spent creating content hiring writers publishing content was totally wasted because no one ever saw that content they didn't build links to it and I think this is where most people fall down with SEO. Like it's very easy to publish content, but it's hard to get the backlinks. And, and most people just publish and pray and hope their content's going to rank. But actually it requires a lot more than that. And you've got to promote it and build links to it. Well, I was going to say something because you, you mentioned it's easy to say that you're like, yeah, you know, you write the content, you publish the page, you get all these links. Well, that, but, but the one thing that you said in there, you said, Ahrefs. So Ahrefs is a, is a site. It's a tool that a lot of people use to see who's linking and just kind of, I don't know, it gives you a lot of content suggestions. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. It's a pretty common tool for most people that are search engine marketers. But you said something in there. You said 1 billion. There's a billion websites out there, people. What are you doing? Yeah. So this is, I mean, no competition, right, Julian? There's only a billion people in line. Now they're not all in your line, but man, there's just like an endless sea of content. So what are you going to do to stand out and what you're going to, where you're going to go with it? Now you talk about the, everything that we're leading into here, we're talking about SEO and turning that into leads. Like, well, there's a lot of different ways you can, I mean, a lead can be defined as a lot of different things in business. Like for my business, it's someone that goes to fullscale.io and fills out 
our higher developers form so our system can match them up with available people. For us, that's that's our first, that's our first, that's our internet conversion. Past that, it's kind of up to us as humans to figure that out. But that's the metric we look at. I think you need to start by defining what you're actually trying to do with your page or your site. And I'm never well. I used to be surprised. I'm not anymore at how ma- how many businesses are bad at kind of understanding what they're trying to do. Because are you just? I mean, if you're just trying to write a blog so people come and read it. Okay, good for you. That's pretty easy. And you can look at how many people come to the page and how many people stay. But I mean, shouldn't we give a little bit of strategy and credence to what we're trying to accomplish before we get into our SEO strategy? Absolutely. Like, it's all good and well getting the traffic. But if you can't convert it into either leads, customers or revenue, then what's the point, right? Like, it's the same. The What SEO does is it solves the problem of getting traffic, of getting leads. And no matter what anyone tells you, getting traffic to an internet business is really hard. So SEO is really powerful for that. But at the same time, if your website's not set up to convert that traffic into either leads or sales, then you're going to have a, a tough time. And, and one of the most important parts of SEO is the keyword research. And it's really figuring out, right, what are people typing into Google? Can I realistically rank for that? But not only can I rank for it, is it going to convert into sales or leads or, you know, at least opt-ins onto my email list that you can convert later into sales? Um, you would hope. Well, let's, you- let's use an example. Let's use an example real quick, Julian, because I, I think you're, you're really on the gold here. And sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, but I think this is important for listeners because people go and they build a new site or a new page and they have unrealistic expectations about what their SEO can do. And like, say they sell blue jeans, right? People have been selling blue jeans on the internet since the internet came out. And there's big players and big brands and sites and pages that have a shit ton of links already going to them. That might not be a realistic term. Now, and and one of the things that when I mentioned in 2010, I was in the ticketing business then, and we managed to rank number one for the term Justin Bieber tickets, which was really hard. It was really hard, right? Now, we didn't do that. We didn't do that ethically. I, I'm very open about that. We did that through what are called black hat tactics, which were building links, a lot of links from a lot of places that were later frowned upon. But you, know, you look at something like the term Justin Bieber tickets. If that would be, if you came and told me, you're like, Hey, I want to build a page. I want to build a site and I need to rank number one for Justin Bieber tickets. I'd be like, get out of my office. You don't have a chance. Right? <laughs> Did it drive money for you? That's the question. Did that, well, did that- you know, it's funny. It's funny. Cause that, that kid didn't do a tour the whole time we were ranked number one. I actually wrote about it in the book. I, cause that was before cloud servers. And I was worried because we were making a lot of money from the site. And I was worried that if Bieber announced a tour, it would crash our site for days. And it probably would have because that was back when that would happen, you know, regularly. And you'd you'd listen to like radio talk show hosts. And they'd be like, we're not going to say the website because we don't want to crash the server. But that was a real thing. So, yeah, but no, I didn't get I, I got a ton of traffic from it which probably brought attention to the site, kept us in the browser history, but no, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, that wasn't a real, a revenue generator for us, but it could have been still hard to get number one on that. 
Yeah, I can imagine that's only become more competitive now. And oh, it's yeah. It's harder and harder to use those black hat tactics as well. Yeah, there was a thing out at the time. I don't know if this is, so it was called Paul and Angela links, and they would give you a packet every month. So you pay like 50 bucks or something, and you'd get at the first of the month, you'd get a new, you'd get a new set of, of websites that you could go in. And what they were, they were all profile links. So you could go to like Carrie Underwood's fan club site and set up an account and you'd have a little bio page and it would say about me and you'd just put three links in it that were like Justin Bieber tickets, Justin Bieber concert and something else. And yeah, and we and so that is ex an example of black hat tactics. And that's the kind of shit that Google drops the hammer on and doesn't want you to do that. I remember another thing during the time, JC Penney's who is a major retailer in the US was paying college kids to insert to publish articles on their .edu sites and they had links going back and that was a manual penalty that Google found out about and penalized them hard they went from number 1 for blue jeans that's why I use that as an example to like page 100 and it was so impactful, the penalty, that the stock price of JCPenney's went down 50% in a day because wow. they weren't getting all that free traffic anymore. And that was majorly impactful. But that was an example of like cheating. It used to be a lot. I mean, there was a lot of shit you could do back then that uh, was. You, you, yeah. you could get away with so much back then. That's the thing. Right. Right? Well, you could also get penalized for it too, and you still can. Uh, but, and like I said, we did really well on the front side of the penalty. And then I went from like getting hundreds of thousands of visits a day to none uh, over a 10 day period, not none, but I mean, it was nominal. Like I went from like, like a, a five and six digit organic traffic number uh, to almost nothing in a week and a half. The interesting yeah. thing with SEO as well, and like you say, with that company that lost 50% of its share price because it was getting so much traffic previously for free, which is crazy because normally to get traffic, to get a lot of traffic like that at scale that converts, if you wanted to do it through ads, you're constantly worrying about budgets, getting your accounts banned, say on Facebook or AdWords. You might have a media buyer that's causing all sorts of problems or it's difficult to manage or it's not performing their job. And these things take up like 20, 30% of your mental energy as a business owner. Plus it eats into your profit margins, right? Whereas when you start getting that free traffic from SEO and it's driven 24 hours a day, even if you switch the ads off, you've still got traffic coming to your site. All of a sudden that's a massive competitive advantage and your profit margins are way higher than most people. Well, the, the, the thing is, is with that penalty, that didn't just affect JC, that those things trickle across an entire site. So you can, you can have like, and, and that's one of the things that I, I think is, is important when we talk about SEO and into leads and, and, you know, you want to work with rep people that have a reputable long-term outlook for your site and your brand. Cause I'm telling you, once you once you get the stain of, of a penalty like that, it uh, that particular website, we ended up just shutting it down later because I mean, once that penalty was out, there was nothing we could do. We cleaned up the mess. We had duplicate content. We had bad links. We had everything. It was just like, 
I mean, we just turned it off. But, you know, there are people that run into that that sometimes will hire SEO agencies or they use, they just don't really know. They get a little, I think they get a little greedy. And you talk about link building and how that's changed. Google, I mean, one of the penalties that I don't even know what penalty we got. We were doing everything you weren't supposed to do. Like, and so, like, so when it comes to backlink building, how do you get these links, Julian? And, you know, I, I, I want you to answer that question, but, but let me do some work for myself real quick. I want to remind everyone that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. Hire developers, testers, leaders, do it quickly and affordably, Fullscale.io. Okay, so w- building backlinks isn't easy. I get about 15 emails a day of people that want to publish something on one of my blogs or something. I don't know, dude. I can't, I mean, I get so many of them. I don't pay attention to them because they're just annoying. Um, I'm sure someone goes for those and maybe that's just a numbers game, but how do I get, how do I go about getting a high quality backlink? Yeah. I mean, first thing to say is it isn't easy, right? So I, I would say but that's why they're valuable. It's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> See, 65% of the marketers struggle with link building and say it's the hardest part of SEO. Um, it's, it is the biggest, it's the big daddy cane of SEO now. I don't know what that really means, but I wanted to use it today, so job completed. But uh, basically... Wait, wait, yeah, a big daddy cane reference? Was that it? Yeah, that was a big daddy right. cane reference, yeah. That's I'm old enough to even. I'm old enough to have listened to Big Daddy Kane, like when he was like an emerging artist. So yeah, I, I feel you. All right, proceed. All right. <laughs> proceed. <laughs> Keep going. So with link building, the way that you want to get backlinks, and this is what works for us, is that we do outreach, and that sounds fancy, but all we're doing is just reaching out to other websites and asking them to link to us via cold email, and. To do that, you just need a list of websites that you want to backlink from. Typically, what we do is we just steal the links from our competitors' websites. So we look at our competitors, see who's linked to them. Chances are, if they've linked to our competitors, they'll link to us too. If they've linked to our clients' competitors, then they'll link to our clients as well. And then what we'll do is we'll run our outreach campaign, send a ton of emails, and it is a numbers game, like you say, because there's so many people doing it. Um, but the websites that will add a link typically reply and say, right, sure, we can build a a link to your site, but obviously it's going to cost my time to go into the site, to add your link. I have to change some content. How much are you going to pay me? And you just pay the bribe and then you get the backlinks. And I think in the SEO industry, we pretend like it's this big, dark secret, and link building is this really technical, complicated thing. But actually, it's not. It's just I don't think it's a bribe, though. You refer to that as a bribe. That's You're going to cover my costs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends which way you look at it. But, I mean, that's just the way that... I hear, I hear you on the bribe yeah. thing. And I could go either way. I could go. I could argue on both sides. I could go a red team or blue team on that. But, but with that, like, here's the thing. If you want people to help you, you need to make it easy for people to help you. I say that a lot. I know that sounds like a really general statement, but you're right. Like if you want to link on my site, so, you know, that that's where a lot of the approach comes. They'll offer to write an article, which, you know what, that might be value. If it's a good article, that might be value for your site. And with that, I want to put a link in it. 
Okay, that's fair. And if you just want to link somewhere, see, that's the ones I get is they, they pick articles of mine. So the fullscale.io blog has, I don't know, 800, 900 articles that we've written over the last five years. I get probably 100,000 visits a month from it, get a lot of traffic from that. I mean, I'm still an SEO guy at heart. I don't, I don't get down in into the weeds as much like with the link building and other, uh, other things. But yeah, so they'll reach out, they'll find an article and they just like, Hey, will you link to me in this? No, man. Cause it's one more thing for me to do. You know, <laughs> exactly. and, and, yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing, the, the $20 that you're offering me also not worth my time. So you got to find a way to, to get that happy medium, but I'm not opposed to the, to the transactional nature of it. Cause time is money. And like I said, I mean, that, that's fair. I think for me, it's the sloppy approach. I get really, really poorly written emails that are offering to write an article for my site in exchange for a link. I'm like, you can't even write an email. I don't want you writing an article in my blog. So I'll pay you yeah, not I mean, to write an article for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you composed it well. Yeah. So, okay. So when, when you mentioned there's like hundreds, of, so you talk about turning, well, okay. So we're back into SEO and turning that into leads. I want to talk about landing pages and that experience for a little bit. Cause I think that a lot of people get really focused on, okay, whether it's SEO or CPC ads or whatever, if you drive someone to a dog shit page, they're going to leave. Right. And so you can do a great job of driving traffic and a terrible job of generating leads or creating a good user experience. When you, am I right about that? Oh, hundred percent. That's it. You've got to set up your website for conversions and you, you need a solid funnel in place and whatever type of traffic you get into your website, it doesn't matter if your website's not set up to convert. Right. So, and that is a big learning curve in itself because it's not just having a good business or have you got a decent amount of traffic It's do you know how to quickly turn that traffic and you only get a few seconds really yep. to take that person yep. from cold traffic into a lead or a sale. And, and that requires a lot of time and a lot of refining. It's a certain skill, right? Yeah. And I, I like to say, uh, this is easy to remember people. I say lead with the need. Okay. So like when I, if, for example, once again, I sell, and we sell software develop technical services. So a landing page for us might be hire expert developers quickly and affordably. Okay. Cause that, that'll be right at the top and that might get your attention. Now you may have pages that are, for example, one of the things we're kind of rolling out is we're expanding our content across our website to have pages that are more specific to specific types of technology. PHP developers. So my header should be higher, higher vetted PHP developers. Right. And, and, you know, you can be, be hyper specific about that. If there's a problem you solve, put it at the top. I think people try to use too many words. Um, you know, like, look, we're in this like TikTokified culture. I spent my morning creating 23 second videos, you know, and, and I used to have to make them 23 minutes. So, I'm okay with that, but keep in mind, like, like Julian said, you have a moment, you have a moment, like how many think, put your empathize, put yourself in your own shoes. Now I, I like what I call the flashcard test where you just kind of flash a card and then turn it back. Like do that with your own page. 
like look at it for two seconds and then say, what do you remember? What'd you take from this page? Show it to someone else. And like, so you got to put that up top. Um, yeah. Like a lot of people are picking on funnel tactics these days because some of them are a little tired, but I still think they work. Um, you know, your goal is to get people to move forward in a process. So make that process as short as possible. Absolutely. That's it. You've got to, like you say, a, a great headline helps, first of all, benefit driven. And then you've got the basics of conversion rate optimization, right? So for example, optimizing your page, so you've got everything above the fold, like the main offer above the fold. Um, and even the design itself can make a huge difference, right? Like we've tested designs on the same page. We have a, a free book funnel on our website. And I think originally when I created that page a couple of years ago, it was getting like a five or 10% opt-in rate. After just tweaking and testing it every single day for about a month, eventually we got to a 40% opt-in rate. And the beauty of that is like, once it's set up, even two or three years later, it's still converting at the same amount. What kind of changes did you make? Like, what did you find that were obvious? I'll, I'll go first. Really loud, obnoxious colors that aren't easy on the eyes. Not a great landing page. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will say my website is orange, so I don't know. <laughs> but one thing I will say is like, it, it looks clean. It looks clean when people go on. So that makes it depends on what you sell. But yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes people get, get get kind of crazy with it. What what else? So what what did you change or improve over the over the iteration period that led to years of of evergreen success? And by the way, I'm gonna key that word evergreen. You get some pages that do well, and they and you get them set up. <clears throat> These are digital assets that you should continue to improve and shine and polish over time. But they they are assets. They're going to drive leads, and you know. So I'm curious to hear what what you what you did not well and then later did well yeah absolutely so like say it's, it's an asset and it's a system once it's set up and then you can keep improving it from there but for us like i set up a video on there that was i just kept tweaking the script on that um changing the headline made a big difference adding more social proof to the page and originally it was quite a long page so Can you define social proof for everyone? Like give an example. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, it was a couple of years ago when I created that page, but it's just like a, a few testimonials from previous clients talking about my link building expertise. And uh, yeah, that made a big difference. Definitely. And then like the way that the page is designed is every, the main offer is above the fold. So like the video, the download button, the headline, the subheader, and the description are all above the fold. So you don't have to do any scrolling as soon as you go on the page. Which yeah, above, means the, above, above the fold's a, a web page. I like to define things because I think not everyone's experienced with a lot of the stuff that listens. But above the fold is what you see on the page without needing to scroll. It's the equivalent of the top half of a folded newspaper is where that term came from. So you could, they don't put the headline at the bottom of the front page is the point on the newspaper. Do people still read newspapers? Or I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a 21 year old hopeful entrepreneur. There's an 18 year old hopeful entrepreneur out there that listens regular. It's going, what the fuck is a newspaper, Matt? 
So, yeah. Is that something to do with TikTok? Yes, it is. I think it is. Maybe that's what I'll, I'll do a TikTok after about, I'll just read the newspaper to people. I'm sure that'll be a big hit. You know, you, there was one thing you mentioned and that's a video. Um, you know, videos, videos, the thing there's people that will watch your video that won't read a word on your page. I think you got to have both. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And if you're good on camera, that makes a big difference. Or if you've got a professional setup, it makes a huge difference in how you perceive you know, if you've yeah. got no, I agree. Professional camera. Way, for, for those of you listening, if you're hearing crazy things in my speaker, my house is under construction right now, so I'm battling with my mute button. I apologize if that's that's distracting, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then also, you've got the front of the offer, right? So you've got the landing page or the copy people see on that. Then also, you've got the back end, which is what happens after people opt in. And it's a full system, right? So for us, it wasn't just about, okay, it's great to get 40% opt-in rate on that book page, but it doesn't matter if you don't convert those leads into sales at some point, right? So for us, straight after someone opts in for that book, they get directed to booking in a sales call with us. And if even if they don't take the office straight away, then they get emails every single day after that, leading them to different pieces of content. And eventually they'll convert. We've had some clients, uh, for example, Facebook ads who they signed up three months ago. And then three months later, they put in a $4,000 offer um, with us monthly. So, so as long as you nurture those leads and you keep them warm, then eventually they'll convert into sales if you have a good funnel. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I think people get the funnel wrong too. A lot of, you know, I'm not a big fan of the like just general contact form that some people will get. And then they, and then they start sending out emails afterward, trying to get people to come back to the site. Like, remember they're the best time to get info, action, anything from a website visitor is while they're already there. And there are adequate tools out there for you to put all that stuff on the page. You know, I'm the founder of gigabook.com. We make an embeddable booking widget. So like if your goal is to have an appointment, embed an appointment option in there. You know, like, so some people, like I said, they'll, they'll go try to collect these contact forms and then they enter this nurture campaign or trying to get people to come in. Look, you're just, I'm just telling you, you're going to have more success if you put everything on there. It's like, hey, I'm already here. So I get the full scale site for us. I mentioned our win is, is so we have to have, in order to give someone a possible solution or uh, ability to enter the portal that our prospects and clients can use to find talent, we have to ask some questions. It takes under two minutes. That used to take five minutes. We trimmed it down and trimmed it down and trimmed it down. Now, at the very end of that process, because most of those people are interested in creating and talking to someone about what we do, we have the very last step is that, hey, while you're here, let's schedule a time to call. All of our good leads do that. And that shortened our sales cycle tremendously. And it just removed less stuff because why collect all that information and then just start emailing someone to set up a time, do it all when it's there. And that's, you know, and once again, um, 
the less steps, the higher your success rate is. This is not my opinion. This is kind of business science facts at this point. That's why Amazon is such a monster on the internet with a one touch buy. You know, that's, that's it. So the more steps, the, the, and when you get into like a lot of steps, your success rates and conversion and true conversion rates plummet. Like if they even exist at any point, what, just one more step, just one extra step can, can make a huge difference. Yeah. That makes sense. And as well, just from your perspective as a business owner, like if you have a complicated funnel, it's going to be such a mess to actually control it and you're going to make mistakes along the way and it's going to get very complicated and messy. The best funnels are the simplest ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's talk as we're, we're running out of time here and I don't want to skip over local SEO because I think when it comes to leads, especially for small local businesses, like full scale is an international company. I can service people that are all over. So like a, a local Google listing doesn't do a whole lot of good for me outside of my hometown. But I think that this is something that for a ton of local small businesses, they need to do a better job with that. I'm just talking about like the maps listing. You need to, you need, your business needs to be able to found, be found on Google. And with that, when you go in to fill that out, you need to fill up all the spots that they give you. Some people will just put their info in, they put their business, their address, and their phone number. They don't put any pictures. They don't put any descriptions. They don't add, like if Google is giving you an option to fill something out on those, fill it out. If you have an empty spot, go figure out how to get something and put it back in. Because I'll tell you right now, Google doesn't like incomplete listings on that stuff. But as local SEO and those like, I don't know, man, you put something in, you want to find something that's near you. This can be a huge driver and, and that's free. And usually less competition, right? Yeah. At that point, you're, yeah. Not, you're definitely not competing with a billion websites. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's, that's the whole purpose of, of a lot of that, but yeah. Have you had any, do you have, do you, do you mess with that at all? So we don't set up Google maps listings. We do have some clients who are localized and they have regional stores everywhere, especially in the U S and the link building strategy still works really well. We've tested it in terms of doing outreach for, for local clients. They still get really good rankings with that, but my own experience, I did actually set up a Google Maps listing for my friend back home in England. He's a, a tree surgeon. And literally within a few hours of him setting that up, he was ranking for like tree surgeon in Lancaster. It's crazy how yeah. Google works. Yeah. Like I said, for, for smaller localized businesses, that, I mean, that's a key ingredient. That's free. That can, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's, if, that's also an important thing because there's probably a lot of businesses without that. I don't know. It's a big driver. It's a big driver and it's free. You don't want to, you don't want to look over that. Okay. So you know, as we, as we, you know, end our up our time here, like, and we look back at like SEO and leads. I mean, what are some of the things like if you have to give a rapid fire minute summary of, of we talked about a lot of stuff, what, where, where does someone listening start? Like, where do I start? What are the most important things? And what could I maybe leave for later? Sure. So especially when it comes to SEO, don't overcomplicate it. Simplify. Focus on the three things that make the biggest difference, which are keywords, content, and backlinks. 
and particularly backlinks. Doesn't require a lot of technical knowledge, just requires you sending a few cold emails to the websites you want to backlink from. And if you do that, you'll be ahead of 65% of the marketers and 91% of websites, and you'll get high rankings. And from there, it's just a case of setting up a good funnel that converts and optimizing it to drive more leads and sales. Once again, with me today is Julian Goldie. There's a link to Julian's website in the show notes. Go down there and give it a click. You know, finding people that can help you do this stuff and get it done correctly and quickly is so much easier than going out there and trying to do it yourself. It really is. There's, I don't know, there's things that work and there's things that don't. This is a, while I, you know, I, I think in conclusion for me, I, I look back at SEO, which I've been a part of for 15 years now. There's so much stuff that's just exactly, it feels exactly the same as it was 15 years ago. And then there's things that have evolved and changed and mainly for the good, you know, there's the, cutting down on exploitive tactics, but really in the end, I mean, the, the, the main stuff, you know, you have a properly named page, have good content on it, optimize the page. Like don't have a slow ass page. No one sits around and waits for that. Google doesn't like it either. You know, content creation, be creative, do something to stand out people. No one wants to go to your boring web page. You know, I think so many people are almost too obsessed with being professional be a real person. Like often authenticity is trading at an all time high right now, folks. And I, I think that you'll find that if you're authentic in your approach to your business and you, and especially if you have the kind of business where your clients feel like they relate to you, be yourself, just be yourself, you know, and um, not everyone's going to like you. It's okay. I got over that like a long time ago. Look at the local stuff. If you don't feel comfortable with the technical side, reach out to someone like Julian, get some help. And then just, I, I mean, I think just, I wanted, I think the key ingredient is try to cultivate and grow digital assets, you know, like in order to do that, you're going to need to use Google analytics or some other things to figure out where your traffic's coming from, where you're getting conversions. But those are your most valuable pages. Like I mentioned, having 900 blog articles, there's about 30 of them that give us 80% of all the traffic and we go, and that's normal. It's normal. So we go back and improve them and we've made, you know, videos about that page's topic and then go back and put those in. And, you know, you see those conversion rates and traffic click up. And remember, uh, search engines are a business. So I'm a big believer of it's easy to and I, I use YouTube. I'll, I want to and I like Google to see me using their other products. And I think they like that on their pages. Um, so, you know, if I make a video, I'll go put it on YouTube even if I'm not planning on getting a ton of visits at youtube.com, I'll embed that on my page and end up doing better. Anyway, it's, it's a big world out there, folks. I hope, I hope you build the links that you're looking for. Julian, thanks for joining me today. Thanks very much. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.